You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call it The Money Pit is presented by Quickcrete Advanced Polymer Sealants. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of our show. If you've got a project you'd like to get done, if you want to work inside your house, outside your house, do you want to do something small, easy, and quick to spruce it up, or you want to take on a big project or plan for one in your future, we would love to help you do just that and make your home its best ever self. Call us right now so that we can get started. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. Well, we all know that it's been a challenging time for so many things. And if you find yourself in a position where you were planning on selling your house through all this, we have some ideas that might be able to help. We're going to share some key improvements that need to get done first if you do plan to try to nail a quick sale at the highest possible price sometime this summer. And this summer, most of us will be spending more time at home and enjoying our own outdoor spaces. And for do-it-yourselfers, there's more interest than ever in updating and maintaining your lawn. We're going to get expert tips to help from the team at Troy Built, a company that's been around since 1927 when they invented the first gas-powered rototiller. And if you're a gardener, you're probably sure glad they did. Oh, my gosh. I am so happy they did. I used a gas-powered rototiller to get rid of all kinds of ivy that was attacking sort of the back of our yard or along its sort of perimeter. And I cannot imagine ever having to do that job without that machine. So thank you very much, Troy Bilt. We will find out more about their lawn and garden tips in just a bit. Uh, another thing that's happening now because we've had so much rain is we're getting more and more calls about wet basements and wet crawl spaces. They are a problem throughout the United States and pretty much every climate. But while most folks think that fixing them is an expensive and a complicated process, it is not. We will give you the easy fix in just a bit. But first, we want to know what you want to know. What are you working on? What are your plans? And how can we help you? Give us a call with your home repair, your home improvement question now, and you'll get the answer. Plus, today, you're going to get a chance at winning the QuickCrete Walkmaker. It's an easy and affordable way to add a beautiful, durable concrete walkway or patio to your home. So give us a call right now. That number again is one eight 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 Money Pit. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Craig in Rhode Island's online and he needs some help with a bathroom makeover. What are you working on? Uh, well, actually, my second bathroom um, in my master. Uh, it's kind of old. Um, it has a Simmons um, water mixer, shut off valve. And actually, I'm looking to replace it. It's cracked, uh, has some issues. But I can't get behind the shower to open the wall up to replace it. 
uh, because it's actually adjacent to my my first bathroom shower. Uh, it's a fiberglass uh, one-piece pop-in. My first thought is take the insert out, tile it, uh, but then I have to put a shower pan in. You know, I have to do a lot more extra work and money. Um, and then I heard um, possibly cutting the hole bigger, and they have bigger back plates. But, I mean, I don't want it to look awkward as well, you know? So what exactly is wrong with the valve you have there now? Uh, well, see, I don't think the mixing valve, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But the plate, um, um, the, the shutoff valve, it's cracked. Um, I also have well water. I know it's been taking a toll on the pipes. The, the home's 20 years old. I'm pretty sure it's original to the home as well. I've only owned it for about uh, uh, coming up on two years now. and um, So you so you basically telling me that it's a cosmetic piece? It is. It is. It is, but I'm redoing the bathroom, and I want to update the fixtures. So, you know, and like I said, it's it's kind of your typical apartment, Simmons, you know, very uh, like a chrome, you know, the, the kind of cheap chrome finish. Well, look, you have the most impossible scenario because you have back-to-back plumbing walls. And, and typically, you know... Design bathrooms so that like one side of the wall is like a closet, you know, where you could go and tear out the back wall and then you could get to the valves. Um, but in your case, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't because you either have to take apart the fiberglass shower or you got to take apart the, the shower that's that's uh, basically uh, getting you started here. And I don't really have a good solution for you. I mean, I was asking you about the existing valves because I was wondering if maybe sometimes plumbers can rebuild all the working parts of that from the from the action side, you know, from from the inside, and maybe pick up some additional you know faucets that will look like they'll work in there. I, I mean, I would I wouldn't go to the tear out without at least exploring that. I mean, I I for example recently had a new uh, shower valve that had to really be replaced. And it turned out that the uh, the the uh, valves were plastic inside. Some of the valve components were plastic, the seats. And we tore them out, and we replaced them with brass. And uh, we were able to find those at a plumbing supply store. And so I didn't have to actually replace the faucet. My next step is going to, uh, I'm going to go to a plumbing supply and see if they just have a updated kind of, um, updated Simmons where I could keep that valve in and everything's kind of, you know, pieced together as well. Right. I think that's a smart thing. You know what you want to do is take uh, some pictures of that and go talk to a knowledgeable guy behind the counter and figure out what your options are. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's my next step. And if not, uh, I guess I'll be tiling a new shower. Yeah, I mean, if you can figure out a way to make it passable, <laughs> I think you should do that because, you know what, nobody's yeah. going to see that space. And I hate to see you spend uh, you know, a few thousand bucks <laughs> redoing it if all you're trying to get is new valves. That's what I'm trying to stay away from. Well, thank you guys very much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Judy in Minnesota's on the line with a moisture issue. What's going on? Our house is about 40 years old. And it has, in the, the room that we're talking about, we're painting it. We painted it once before with a, a primer. And, and uh, it turned out really nice. I thought it looked really nice. But now um, we, we repainted it a different color. And, um, and on the inside, then, is that rough paneling. And it's separated by, um, it's got the insulation in there with the plastic on it, and we, we notice now when we're going to paint it that there's moisture like halfway down 
on the paneling. We think that's caused by condensation. It may very well be um, if it's a damp space. Now, there are some things that you can do to reduce condensation in below-grade spaces. It's kind of the same steps that you would take if you were having an actual flood. You want to make sure that your exterior drainage is set up so that no moisture is being trapped against the outside foundation wall. And that means making sure the gutters are clean, the downspouts are extended, and the soil slopes away from the walls. If you've done all those things, then the next thing I would do is I would install a dehumidifier in that space and try to find one that has a built-in condensate pump so that it collects water and pumps it out. Otherwise, you'll be emptying buckets upon buckets of water. And then finally, it's also possible to install a whole home dehumidifier, which is an appliance that is attached to your HVAC system. These are highly effective at pulling moisture out. In fact, most of them will take 99 or 100 pints of water out a day. So those are three different ways that you can reduce moisture in that space. Judy, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get socked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. 
That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Give us a call right now with your home improvement questions at 888-MONEY-PIT, and two things will happen. One, we'll do our best to give you the answer to your home improvement question, your decor dilemma, and two, we will toss your name in the Money Pit hard hat because we are giving away from QuickCrete the Walkmaker. The Walkmaker forms are very cool. I know that you have used these, Leslie, and they are so easy to create a patio with. I mean, it's really fantastic how easy they are. They're forms in a couple of different shapes. You fill them with the concrete. You let it sort of solidify a bit and slide the form off, rinse it off, do it again. And depending on how many you use and how they interlock, you can make a great pathway or a patio. I mean, they're really beautiful, and it's definitely a do-it-yourself project. Be sure to check it out over at quickcrete.com. It's definitely a cool project. We've got the QuickCrete Walkmaker going out to one listener drawn at random. Make that you. Call us now with your questions at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Bob in Texas is on the line, has a question about a roof. What's going on? Well, we've had a long drought out here in West Texas, and we finally got some rain, and lo and behold, I have a leak. And uh, I remember tuning in to your show some some time ago where you guys mentioned a product that was clear that could be applied with a paintbrush that would penetrate through the roof and then seal it. And I could not, or I did, I couldn't remember the name of the product. And I've been trying to find it here in Lubbock, Texas, and having no luck at all. And I, I thought, well, I just need to call you guys and see if you can remember that and tell me what it is. Well, Bob, that's going to be a bit of a mystery to me because it doesn't sound like um, the kind of thing that we would recommend for roof leaks. But let me just ask you more about this leak. Do you know uh, where it's it's occurring? Do you know if it's coming through, say, a cracked shingle, or is it coming around a chimney? Is it coming around a pipe? What do you know about it? Where the slope of my roof joins my patio, and the patio roof is flat so i'm thinking probably what's happening is it's backing into the den past the wall but right yeah that's a tough spot to flash and um it's also a tough spot to do a uh you know a sort of an easy patch repair to it you know all these types of roof products that you apply after the fact uh they're usually asphalt roof cement and they'll work for a while but they tend to dry up pretty quickly. When you have an intersection like that where you have a pitched roof that comes into a low slope or a flat roof, you're right. The water can back up there and due to the force of uh, kind of against gravity and due to that force can actually sort of work its way up into the roof surface. The right way to flash that, and you're not going to want to hear this, but the right way to flash that is to have um, the, un- the, the the flat roof basically go right, right up and under the roof shingles. So the flat roof material would, would go to that intersection, then up and under the roof shingles, and probably up maybe three feet under them, and then the roof shingles would continue over that, creating a, a big overlap there where it would be virtually impossible for any water to back into it. And I would start that project with a product called Ice and Water Shield, which is sort of a, uh, a tacky three-foot-wide roll-on sheet 
sheet that literally glues itself to the deck surface and will stop all water from from getting through. So that's the best way to do a permanent repair to that. Short of that, you know, it's okay for you to to use an asphalt cement product to try to patch it, but I'm just concerned that it's something you may end up having to do time and time again. And if it does develop that way, then maybe you could choose to make the bigger repair later. And you say that that is ice and water shield? Yes, ice and water shield. Yep, that's the right that's the right first step for that. And that goes underneath the roof shingles. Nice thing about that too is if you ever have roof shingles that blow off, your roof still won't leak because it remains watertight. Well, I certainly appreciate your help with that. All right, Bob. Well, thanks so much for calling. Well, if you're planning to sell your home, creating curb appeal is key to a quick sale. Today, however, curb appeal doesn't just mean looking good for a drive-by of the potential buyer. It means looking good online as well. And it's all the more reason to take steps to spruce up your home's first impression before it goes on the market. Now, landscaping is one of the easiest ways to make a good impression for very little cost. Even just planting colorful flowers in landscaping beds, grooming a lush lawn, and adding greenery and potted plants creates a drastic transformation, and it's enough to give you a higher perceived value. Now, next, you want to check the exterior surfaces for wear and tear. Now, if you spot some flaky paint, some moss, some mold, and mildew, it's got to go because it really freaks people out. And while you're at it, make sure that the service records are up to date on all your mechanical systems. We're talking about heating, cooling, other systems that need regular TLC. You know, I spent 20 years as a home inspector, and I can tell you that if a home hasn't kept up these systems, it shows, especially when, you know, the one time you do change your air conditioning filter is right before the home inspector comes through, and we get into the system, and we notice that everything is thoroughly caked with dust, except it's got a brand spanking new fiberglass filter. So it kind of says to us, you're not really taking care of things, and you made this last-ditch effort to kind of hide that by throwing in a clean filter. So we definitely can <laughs> figure that out. So it's really important you get them serviced. So go through, you know, around with all of your contractors, making sure your heating system service, your HVAC, totally good to go so that uh, you can show those records to the prospective buyers. Yeah. Now, finally, guys, according to the National Association of Realtors, 80% of potential home buyers start their search online. So good photos are a must. Go ahead, hire a pro to take yours or just make sure if you're doing it, you choose a clear but kind of overcast day because that's going to give you the best results when taking your own. And I tell you, Tom, I feel like I'm always on like the sites looking at houses (laughs) like it's my favorite yeah. pastime. And you can tell when like a nice agency came in and did the photographs. And then you can tell when a homeowner sort of like shoved into a corner trying to take a picture of the home office <laughs> and things look kind of weird. And you're like, oh, they got to look right. They got to look good. And listen, since they're digital these days, take a bunch. Right. <laughs> and just you, you may get lucky. You know, I take a lot of photos when I'm walking about. I'm doing a lot of walks in the neighborhood and I take a lot of photos sometimes. And my wife gets annoyed with me. My family does, too, if I'm outside with them doing something. Because I'll see a house, and there'll be something wrong with it. Not like I like the house, but like, oh, look, there's trees growing out of that gutter. That's going to be a great photo for when I write about how to stop leaking basements. You can't have trees growing oh, out of your funny. gutters. So I try to, like, you know, I try to get as close as I can without being annoying. And if, if nobody's home, I'll go up too close to the house. And they just want to run and hide while I'm doing this. <laughs> my you know? boy's the same. We, we've been riding our bicycles so much throughout the quarter quarantine that we've you know taken different blocks and different ways around town and all different sections of town Mm -hmm. and i'll stop with my phone and be like oh i like this house here's the address and then i go home and i look up like the previous listing 
of the house from however many years ago. Yeah, right. I'm like obsessed. <laughs> I can't stop. Look, it's really important to take those photos and take them well, because that's what's going to get those buyers coming right to your door. So spend some time on it and make your place look great. Now we've got DR on the line who needs some help with the project. What's going on? Okay, I'd like to know the best way to remove moss from a, a single roof. Does the moss on the roof concentrate on one side or the other of your house? Both, both sides. Both sides, okay. Do you have a very fairly shady lot? Uh, yes, but that's really in a sunny area. Hmm, that's interesting. Okay. So, a couple of things. First of all, sun is the best uh, mildicide you can get. So, if there's anything that you can do to, to thin out trees mm-hmm. to get more sunshine on the roof, that's going to give you long-term resistance to this happening again. So, what you need to do is to first clean the roof. And to clean it, you could use a product like Jomax, which is made by Zinzer. And it's a product that you mix with with uh, bleach. You can apply it uh, with a pressure washer where it, it has an applicator attachment, you know, that applies the material, let it sit for a while. 15, 20 minutes, then you rinse it off. That starts to break down that moss. Then I'll give you a little trick of the trade, and that is at the peak of the roof, at the top, the apex of the roof, if you were to line that part of the roof with a long strip of copper, you can buy copper flashing that's about 8 inches in width, and it comes in a long roll. And if you slip it under that top shingle and let most of it stick out Mm -hmm. on both sides, what happens is when it rains, it hits that copper, and the copper releases a little bit of the metal into the water as it runs down the roof, and that acts as another mildicide. And that's why sometimes when you see roofs that have like streaks on them right under chimneys, it's because it's the rainwater reacting with the flashing on the chimney. So if you add that strip of copper, it will release some of the metals, and that will also help to clean the roof. So cut back on the trees, clean the roof with a good product, and then add the copper strip, and then you'll have a long-time benefit from that. Okay? Okay. I thank you very much. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Well, this summer, most of us will be spending more time at home and enjoying our outdoor spaces. And for do-it-yourselfers, there's more interest than ever in updating and maintaining those spaces, starting with the lawn. That's right. And one company that's been helping DIYers and pros take care of outdoor spaces for decades is Troy Built. The company says they were born from dirt, literally because they got their start by introducing the first residential rototiller back in 1937. And for those of us that have ever had to rototill, we are so glad that they did. With us to talk about lawn care today is Troy Built brand manager, Barbara Roosh. Barbara, welcome to the Money Pit. Well, thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you today. So one of the things I like about your company is that you've always been pretty good communicators. And uh, right now, you're answering a lot of homeowners' questions, I imagine, about their lawns and the tools that are needed to maintain them. Have you seen a big uptick in that Q&A since the COVID-19 crisis began? Oh, we certainly have. People like being out in their yard in general. Um, and Troy Belt's always tried to be there to inspire people to care and enjoy the outdoors. So um, during this uh, COVID-19 period, uh, the uptick in interest in gardening, um, and in particular vegetable gardening, um, and the tillers, which quite frankly had not really been a growing interest for a number of years. People have moved to container gardening. They support local farmers markets, things of that nature. You know, the, the COVID-19 has just really sparked a tremendous interest in growing your own food um, in, in larger quantities maybe than you were used to in the past. So uh, that's, been, that's been really interesting to see 
and really fun because there's so much you can do with vegetable gardening, not just for yourself, but for your neighborhood. No, that's really smart. I mean, this way you can contribute to the folks who, you know, have a harder time getting out and you can help bring over some of the veggies that you and your family have grown. Of course, maintaining social distancing and following all the rules. But I think that's also why folks are really looking to improve their outdoor spaces or at least learn to maintain them themselves. And there's probably a ton of questions about proper lawn care. What do you do? I mean, are you seeing a lot of that? Oh, sure. There's there's always a, a lot of questions um, about uh, not just how to take care of your lawn, but what kind of equipment do I need to take care of my lawn? What should I buy first? I'm a new homeowner. So let's talk about some of that. Uh, there's You guys make a very wide range of, of lawn mowers, both push mowers and tractors. How do you know uh, what's right for your yard? What kinds of uh, questions should you be asking yourself or, or considering when you're thinking about buying a new lawnmower? But typically, you should think about the size of the yard that you're going to mow. Um, bigger yards require bigger mowing decks, um, and that will also uh, make it uh, quicker to get your mowing done. So, you know, any uh, what we call walk-behind mowers, which you think of as a traditional push mower, walk-behind mower, those are really nice for the smaller yards, up to half acre, so flat. Uh, the other thing you want to think about, uh, other than the size of your yard, is what type of yard do you have? Is it flat? Does it have hills? Is it kind of uneven and it's got kind of dips and uh, places to get through? Because there's uh, equipment that will help you uh, deal with those sorts of challenges if, if you have those in your yard. So uh, those would be the two biggest things to think about. And then uh, budget, of course, is always um, top of mind for many folks. So um, how much, you know, do you have to invest? Um, how important are the features that you need? Maybe you have a really big yard has a lot of obstacles, so you might want to consider a more expensive riding mower or even a zero-turn riding mower, um, and and kind of balance out and see what suits your need. Yeah, and the most important question is, are you really cutting it yourself, or do you have teenagers? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you guys also have some smart home apps that you've developed for Amazon Alexa and Google Home, and I was reading that these apps can suggest the best time to cut the lawn based on weather? Uh, it does. It's very cool. It's uh, it's based on the weather in your area, and it also connects to your Google Calendar. So it looks to see when you have available time. Uh, you know, many of us now don't maybe don't have as much on their calendar as we used to, but uh, certainly as we get back to um, more activities, you know, people have children have sports events to get to, and you've got meetings and and different activities and places to be. So. With the uh, Mo scheduler, as we call <laughs> the it. The Mo scheduler, that's funny. The Mo scheduler, you can ask Alexa or Google, hey, when's the best time for me to mow? And it will cross-reference the weather that's coming and your schedule and suggest a time and date, put it on your schedule. And it will also monitor the weather as it leads up to that date. So if it, since it sees a change in the forecast, uh, you'll get a notification that says, hey, it looks like it's going to rain on Wednesday. Um, you have an hour free on Tuesday. How about Tuesday at 2? Um, so, yeah, that's a, it's a fun way to um, 
So it makes it, it makes an appointment for you. I, mean, I know. If makes I an appointment get... for you with exactly. your lawnmower. Now, 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 Barbara, <laughs> if there was a way to make sure that the mower was quiet, maybe you could do your Zoom calls while mowing, and then you could have a whole new way of cross-referencing your calendars. Yeah, let's talk about that. You know, that's one of the complaints that people have about uh, gas-powered equipment. Barbara is the noise. Um, is that changing now as mowers are, are getting more sophisticated? Um. To an extent, uh, certainly the battery-powered mowers are much quieter than gas-powered mowers. Price points on battery mowers, though, are typically a little higher. Um, they're not they're used a lot more in Europe than they are in America, but it's certainly a growing interest um, and need in the United States as well. Um, we don't um, currently offer any battery product with Troy Built, but um, our parent company is... Um, very involved with battery mowers, um, even uh, including robotic mowers. So um, no one has to get up to mow the lawn. Uh, but but those are those are kind of uh, up further up the line for Troy Belt. I think the the power and the performance that you get from a gas powered um, lawn mower is still the most consistent and delivers you an over you know consistent cut and a good good quality cut with the least amount of investment. What about mowing mistakes? I mean, I know I really enjoy mowing the lawn, but I find that, you know, maybe I cut it too short or I'm cutting it at the wrong time. Do you find that a lot of people are coming to you with sort of like correction process? Like, oh, no, I really messed up. question we get asked the most or a a lot of customer sentiment is uh, not so much around the result of mowing, but it's more about uh, the equipment and keeping their equipment starting and running so that they're uh, reliable, right? There's nothing worse than going out to mow your grass and your lawnmower doesn't start. So we do spend a lot of time talking to uh, consumers about uh, the proper way to care for your lawnmower. You know, use that fuel stabilizer, uh, use good fuel, um, change the spark plug, you know, do that little bit of preseason and postseason maintenance and it makes all the difference in the world um, how easily then you can um, get back into uh, the mowing season when it finally arrives for you. The results of mowing, um, putting stripes in your yard, or how high should I mow my grass, uh, those are uh, perennial questions as well. And, you know, we typically, I say a good average height, um, if you don't know what kind of grass you have in your yard, um, is two to three inches probably two and a half inches for most grasses. That's the optimum height. You don't want to get it too long because that encourages pests to breed in your yard, right? Grubs and other critters can hide in there. You also don't want to mow it too short because then it'll burn out. Well, good advice. The website is Troy Built, and that's spelled Troy, T-R-O-Y, Built, B-I-L-T, TroyBuilt.com. Take a look at the website. Take a look at the homeowner's Q&A section and all the different equipment that's made by this fine company. Been doing it since, uh, was it 1937, I think? Thanks for inventing the rototiller. I can't tell you how thankful I am that that piece of equipment exists because I have lots of ivy and vines that I've been attacking for years, and the rototiller always wipes it out. <laughs> so uh, glad that glad you got got to start with that. Barbara Roosh is the brand manager for Troy Built. Thanks for stopping by and uh, good luck this spring with all of your mowing needs.
If you've got a home improvement question, give us a call right now because we'd love to help you with that. Plus, we'd love to give you a chance to win a set of the Quick Crete Walkmaker forms. They are an easy and affordable way to add a beautiful and durable concrete walkway to your patio or your home. Basically, this is a do-it-yourself project, so anybody can handle it. You just pour the mixed Quick Crete crack-resistant concrete into the Walkmaker form. You smooth it on with a travel, and then you take the form away when the concrete is dry. You repeat the process until the walkway or patio is is complete. Get details at quickcrete.com. Call us right now because you could just win the complete set. The number here again is 1-888-MONEYPIT. Well, if your home is built on a crawl space or basement, the best way to keep those spaces bone dry is going to start outside of your house. The surprising fact, guys, is that damp, leaking, or even fully flooded basements are easy to fix. Yep. I said easy. Unfortunately, there are way too many contractors out there that want you to think otherwise, and they're going to offer expensive fixes instead of the simple solutions. Yeah, so here's what you need to know. The secret to keeping your basement or your crawl space dry, and by dry, I'm not just addressing basements that are flooding, but even ones that are damp, is to simply keep the water that rolls off your roof away from your home's foundation. We get so many calls from listeners concerned about so-called high water tables when the cause is almost always that rainwater seeps into the foundation perimeter due to very poor gutter installation and maintenance. So keeping that moisture away from the foundation is easy to do when you have the right preventative measures in play at your house. Now, first of all, you need to make sure that your home has gutters. Then you got to make sure that those gutters and their downspouts are staying clean and free flowing. Next, you want to look at where that water is being deposited when it exits those downspouts. And if it's pouring out right next to your foundation, you are definitely going to end up with water in the basement at some point. Now, ideally, those downspouts should deposit rainwater three to six feet away from your home's foundation. you got to get it away yeah, from Yeah, and then if you get the gutters right, the last thing you want to do is make sure that the soil around the foundation slopes away from the house. We're looking for a grade of about six inches over about four feet. So not a drastic drop, but just enough water to get that water moving away from your house. If you take these steps, you will end up with a dry space underfoot that you could actually use for storage or that you could remodel and turn into a beautiful basement living room or something like that or a bedroom you know so many folks would love to remodel those below grade spaces but they're afraid to because they fear the flooding we can take that fear away it's really a quite a simple thing to do and one more thing to keep in mind is if you're wondering well do i know this is going to work Here's the test. If your basement or crawl spaces gets damp or floods after heavy rainfall or snow melt, it is definitely, definitely, definitely happening at the surface perimeter. It's happening because of those gutters and the grating. Fix that, and it will be dry once again. You can call us at one eight 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 Money Pit or post your question, which is what John in Montana did. That's right. Now, John in Montana writes, we recently purchased a home that needs some TLC. We want to replace the aging furnace and water heater. We also need to rip out carpeting, replace with hardwood floors. And finally, one of the bathrooms is in bad shape. How do you prioritize these projects? We want to have them completed over the next two years. So structural is always first. So if you have any issues on the exterior, like roofs or foundation issues, that has to be done first. Um, Secondly, the mechanical system should be addressed. Uh, And thirdly, the bathroom, if it's in bad shape, but it's working, you know, that could be done now or could be done later. And the very last thing is the cosmetics, which is the carpeting and uh, other flooring issues. 
Yeah, you've got to prioritize the stuff that's really important before you start getting to the decor stuff. I know that's fun and you want to do that first, but let's get everything in order before we do that. Well, one fun kitchen project that can deliver big impact and get done in a single weekend is a new kitchen backsplash. Leslie's got some ideas on how to take on that project in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Leslie? Yeah, you know, those kitchen backsplashes, they do double duty, guys. They've got a bunch of jobs. They protect those walls, but they also express your decorative style. And they can make a big statement or just simply coordinate more quietly with your cabinets and countertop. But here are five trends that are putting a fresh spin on a traditional backsplash. First of all, take a plain tile, but install it in an interesting pattern. Horizontal subway tiles are pretty standard, but it's far from the only tile layout option you've got with those. So why not try herringbone or a chevron pattern? Same thing. People call those the same. You know, they're sort of that arrow-looking pieces that go up and down. It's really gorgeous. And another popular choice right now is a backsplash of long, thin tiles, but that are arranged vertically. Now, here's another idea. You can stick to one tile for the entire backsplash. Backsplashes with borders or accent tiles or complicated mosaics, they're not really in style anymore, and things are turning towards more minimalistic one-tile design. You know, why create an intricate pattern that's only going to be hidden or become disjointed once your countertop, appliances, canisters, all your countertop stuff gets in place? You know, instead, go for something clean, simple, consistent. It's going to look chic and uncluttered. Now, here's another idea, guys. Forget tile altogether and go for a laminate. You know, it's beautiful tile. It really is. But it does pose some cleaning challenges that grout's going to get dirty. There's going to become discolored. If you're looking for a very easy to install, low maintenance material, laminate cannot be beat. You can get it in a ton of different looks so it can look like anything natural or space age or fun or bright or colorful. And it's also very budget friendly. Now, another idea is chalkboard paint. You can use that for certain areas of the kitchen. Maybe if you've got like a little breakfast bar against one kitchen area that has a small backsplash, somewhere that's more easily accessible for the family so that they can write notes to each other. I wouldn't do this by a sink because chalkboard paint getting wet isn't great. I wouldn't do it by a stove because I don't want kids working over there. But the chalkboard paint in key spots in a kitchen where you would have a traditional backsplash could really be something fun for the entire family. And another option is if you've got a spot, put that backsplash all the way up to the ceiling. This looks great with like a single slab of a natural stone or again, tile all the way up or a laminate. I mean, it's really fantastic and can be totally striking and enhance the height of the room. So get creative, look at some ideas online, but think of something out of the box for your backsplash and you'll be thrilled. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Coming up next time on the program, before you can add new, you got to get rid of the old. And that can be a very costly part of any home renovation process. We're going to share tips to help lighten the load and cut demolition costs on the very next edition of the Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a body pit.